Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. How does the devil devour people that are going about their business in life? How does he do it? How does he... um, How does he come at us? Well, the Bible makes it clear he comes at us through lies. Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and today's subject is the lies we believe. You know, it is really interesting when you look at it to see how the devil lies and how we so easily and quickly believe his lies. I am joined in the studio today by my lovely wife, Debbie, and uh, we're going to talk about the lies that the devil has pumped out into our world, the lies that we so easily believe, the lies that even uh, those of us who know the Lord and love the Lord are subject to because the devil is not just a good liar. He is the master liar. Jesus said he is a liar and the father of lies. And one of the things that the devil does so masterfully with his lies is he makes his lies sound so much like the truth. Why do we believe his lies? Because they sound so much like the truth and they always seem to match up with our feelings. So as we read the Bible, start in Genesis chapter 1, There's no Genesis, there's no devil in Genesis chapter 1. There's no devil in Genesis chapter 2. We're introduced to him in Genesis chapter 3, and this is what he says. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Those are the first recorded words from the devil to a human being uh, in Scripture. Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And this is the... this exposes the masterful lie of the devil. He takes what God said, "You shall from any tree of the garden you shall freely eat. He takes that command. They only had one command to keep. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of it you will surely die. He takes that command and he twists it around. He takes the word of God, twists it, and adds a question mark. And he says, has God made all these trees and then said you can't eat from them? And right off the bat, we run into his first lie, and that first lie is this. God is not good. God is a cosmic killjoy. God is the God who is sadistic. He makes all these fruit trees and then says, ah, 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 you can't eat from any of those trees. You know, and it's so funny, too, because we are not very careful with what we let into our minds. And so because we're not constantly on guard, which we need to be, the devil has uh, just such an easy access <laughs> to get those thoughts and those feelings and those emotions riled up within us. And so that's why the Bible is continually talking about the fact that we have to be on guard. We have to be on guard. We have to be on guard. And I think that... Um, most of us, if, if we're being honest, we have a lot of time throughout the day where we're not being on guard, Right. where we're not doing that. And, and uh, studies show that about uh, each of us have about 500 unintentional and intrusive thoughts a day. 
and each of those lasts about 14 seconds. So if you do the math, that's about two hours a day we're having intrusive thoughts come into our mind that if we're not careful and if we don't put a guard there to keep those out, they are going to have a significant influence on how we think, how we feel, how we view life, how we view God. They're just going to influence, influence us in a tremendous way. Well, that's so true. You know, the Bible says this, um, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. This is Second Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The devil is going to constantly throw in temptations and lies and uh, falsehoods into our mind and into our heart, half-truths. He really likes the half-truth. Right. He, he doesn't normally come at us with something that's just way out in left field. He comes uh, something that's just a little off. He, he never ceases to make crooked the straight paths of the Lord, as it says in the book of Acts. And so we, we've shared before on this program uh, the one in 60 rule. That's an aviation term. And it says uh, for every one degree you're off on your flight plan as you travel, for every 60 miles, one degree off, you're going to be a mile off your desired destination. So that's how the devil works. I'm going to get you one degree off. Because you'd recognize if it's 10 degrees off, you'd recognize, hey, that flight plan is off. That's going to that's so far away from where I need to go. But one degree off, you may not notice it. Uh, The old adage used to be, what's worse, a clock that's five hours wrong or a clock that's five minutes wrong? Well, a clock that's five hours wrong, you'd recognize immediately that clock is wrong. I mean, it says it's it's 12 and we know it's 7 a.m. or somewhere around there. But a clock that's five minutes off can get you to miss a meeting or miss an appointment or miss an airplane. So uh, uh, the, the little lies that he tells have big impact. And so we can uh, look at that lie in Genesis 3.1 and we say, well, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Well, God had said the, the opposite of that from any tree of the garden you may freely eat. I am a good God. Adam, Eve, I made all these fruit trees. Eat and enjoy yourself. There's only one tree. Let's say God made a hundred trees, fruit trees. There's only one that you can't eat from, from, and that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the devil turns it around to say, no, God made all these trees and then said, ah, 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 you can't eat from any of these trees or from all of these trees. And it's almost like he's dangling a carrot, and when you go to reach for it, he takes it away. And that is trying to get Eve to think that God is not good. And so, Debbie, as we look at that first lie, God is not good, uh, why is that such an easy lie to believe? Because we look at our circumstances and it hits us, to quote my grandmother, at our wanner. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because we we um, all by nature have a tendency to want and to long and to envy those things that we do not have. We crave the things that we do not have. Instead of looking at what we have and being content, 
the devil just loves to come at us and create a discontentment in our heart that what we have is not enough. If we only had this one other thing, oh, then we would be so happy. We, every, life would be so perfect if we just had this one other thing because mm-hmm. oh, these other people seem to have this one other thing. Why can't I have this one other thing? And I think it's real interesting, too, that, that the enemy's strategies – Although overarchingly they're the same, he comes at each of us so individually because he knows where our Achilles heel is. He knows where he can trip us up. He knows what temptation is going to to hit our weakest area. And um, I think that's why for so many of us, he just whispers the same type of lie to us over and over and over because he knows that's where he can trip us up. For instance, I'm not going to be tempted to go out on a on a binger and just drink myself to death and be drunk as a skunk. That's that he can't tempt me in that way. That's not an area that that I have a tendency to have a desire for. But he does know where my weaknesses are and he knows where he can trip me up and so he doesn't tempt me. He doesn't come at me with with those lies. He right. comes at me with a lie that he knows is going to be a zinger. Right, And that I'm going to have a propensity, if I'm not guarding my mind, I'm going to have a propensity to be weak in that area. Well, and the devil disguises himself like an angel of light. He never comes to us head on uh, that jumps out behind a bush. Hey, I'm the devil. This is what I'm going to tell you. Uh, I remember Bill Gillum, who had some great uh, teaching tapes. He said, when the devil talks to me, he always sounds like me. Right. He, he talks and we like it. our own voice, don't we? Well, we do, and, and he, he so it makes it pleasing and it makes it very uh, acceptable. It's, this doesn't come in, in this guttural, demonic type of voice. Right. It, it's just a, a very small, subtle whisper. I read this quote, and it's so good. It says that increasingly research is proving that the way to get someone to believe a lie is simply to repeat the lie. Right. And if we think back just on our culture in the last two years with COVID, oh my goodness, is that not true? Right. If we keep hearing a lie over and over and over and over again, we become more and more susceptible to believing that it truly is true. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And so the enemy does that as well. He yeah. comes at us with the same type of lies over and over and over again. Yeah, and if he can get the lies coming from the news sources and coming from uh, your neighbors and coming at the corporate level <clears throat> and then coming from the pulpits right. because so many pastors uh, spout lies. You know, the Bible says preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come, Paul told Timothy when men will not endure the truth, but they're going to want to have their ears tickled and they will turn aside to myths and uh, they they create uh, subjective truth, which is just whatever you want it to be. My truth, your truth, his truth, her truth. There's just truth and it's God's truth. Well, now, coupled with the fact that uh, we can't believe that God is good and the lie that God is not good is the second lie inherent in that God doesn't love you. Um, God is not good and God doesn't love you. And there's a tendency in all of us to look at ourselves and to see all our weaknesses and all our faults and all our uh, inconsistencies with our life versus the Word of God and think, well, gosh, I'm such a terrible sinner. Uh, 
I have trouble loving me. How could God love me? He knows all the things that I've done. And so I believe that lie that God doesn't love me. Or I believe the lie that God loves me if I'm doing well, not sinning the grosser sins, but if I'm falling in an area that God God obviously doesn't love me now. I think oftentimes we often have a tendency to look at God through the lens of our life circumstance. So if we have had tragedy that has come into our lives, if if we try to view God through that lens, the devil will come at us with, oh, but you see, if God were good, would he have allowed that to happen to you? And so we can get so off course that way, and we can have a tendency to to be so self-absorbed and self-focused that we don't see, hey, I'm hardly the only one on this planet that has endured tragedy, right? right? We live in a sin-fallen world. Bad things happen to good people all the time, um, not necessarily because God's out to get them, but because we live in a sin-filled world. And God did not create robots. Every human being has choices that they make for good or for evil. And so I think uh, when we start trying to view God through the lens of just our life circumstance and, and things right. that have crossed our paths, boy, that's a open playing field for the enemy to come in and just repeat lies and repeat lies and repeat right, lies. Right. We Listen, don't ever view God through the lens of circumstances. So if your circumstances are good, God is good. If your circumstances are bad, God must be bad and against you. Uh, you view circumstances through the lens of God. And a scripture verse that I came across several years ago that has just ministered to me so much, I think it's a scripture verse that every Christian needs to chisel in his heart, her heart, uh, and keep it there no matter what comes your way. It's Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3. It came at the dedication of the temple, and this is what it says. And all the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, Truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. Listen, no matter what happens in your life, you remember God is good and God loves me. God is good and God loves me. If you know down in your soul, chiseled in your heart, regardless of what happens, I know that God is good. That doesn't ever change. And God loves me. That doesn't ever change. You can handle any situation in life. And when you add in Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose, you can handle any difficulty in life. Listen, we are talking about the lies we believe. This is Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm here with Debbie. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The American Family Association presents the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022, along with a youth apologetics track. The Marriage Family Life Conference does not exclude children on purpose. It's, it's built, built in. in. We want families to come. And the thing is, if you look at what the people who hate God are doing, they are going After. through great lengths to indoctrinate our children. Yes, And so that's this right. is a, a chance to be on offense. They're going to be equipped. You know, at the same time you're being equipped, we care about what's happening with our children. 
Please join us for this year's conference July 7th through the 9th at the Bancor South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Better hurry though. Registration ends on May 15th. We're just looking for ways to help equip families for what's going on. Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. A battle is raging in America for the plight of the unborn. Now is the time to pray and to get involved. Do not miss the new award-winning movie, The Matter of Life. The Matter of Life has been hailed as the best film ever produced concerning the unborn and can be seen for two nights only in a theater near you. Visit FathomEvents.com now to reserve your tickets for May 16th or May 17th. That's FathomEvents.com, F-A-T-H-O-M, Events.com. It's a matter of life. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in health care sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, Debbie and I are talking about this subject, the lies we believe. The devil is a liar and the father of lies, and the way you combat his lies is with the truth. But you have to recognize the lies in order to combat them. And as we ended the, the first segment, we mentioned the verse that's so important, Second Chronicles 7, verse 3, truly he is good, truly his loving kindness is everlasting. And Debbie, you wanted to comment on that verse? Well, I think it's so important in light of that verse to recognize that we have a choice if we're going to believe that verse or not. And the choice is ours to make. And we have to early on solidify that in our minds and hearts that regardless of what comes my way, regardless of what God allows across my path, I go back to the truth of God's word, which is an anchor for my soul that tells me, uh-uh, God is good. 
and he loves me. And to to keep coming back to that truth when the enemy starts to whisper those lies into your ear, because um, that is something that we can a, a promise from God's word that we can build our life upon, that he is good. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, yes, forever. And so as a result of that, regardless of what's happening in my life, the winds that may be blowing and changing my circumstances constantly, the truth of his word is steadfast and sure. It is not altered by the winds of circumstance. And we have a, we can choose to make that a foundational truth of our lives. So the the lie that God isn't good, that God doesn't love me, <clears throat> how the way circumstances play into that. So we don't like bad circumstances. And when when life falls apart, like it fell apart for Job, <clears throat> like it fell apart for Naomi in the book of Ruth, if life falls apart, then it's real easy because your feelings are very susceptible to a lie. And the devil's lies always match up with our feelings. <clears throat> and so um, it's, it's easy to say, well, yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like God's not good. I feel like God doesn't love me because if God loved me, why would these things be happening? Um, <clears throat> I love what Job said in Job fifteen thirteen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. He didn't understand why his life was falling apart. He didn't understand why he lost everything. Uh, he didn't understand why he was sitting in the ashes, uh, scraping himself with a broken piece of pottery. Uh, why is every and it just happened? Boom, like that. Um, you have to go back to the truth. God is good. God loves me. God works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. I love what the Scripture says in Hebrews chapter five, verse fourteen. It says, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And in the, in the Greek, interesting, good and evil, we think that those are way, way different. What is good? What is evil? It's easy to spot that. You know, one is uh, pure and one is impure. One is pure crystal water and one is sewer water. You know, that's easy to tell that. In the Greek... What is good, the word good is kalos, K-A-L-O-S, and evil is kakos, K-A-K-O-S. Those are really similar when you look at them. It's just one letter off. And so often with the devil's lies, as we said, the one in 60 rule for aviation, one degree off for every 60 miles you travel and you're one degree off, you're going to be a mile off your destination. And the devil is very skilled at giving us something that's just a little off, and then we buy into it. What did he tell Eve? Uh, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? She said, well, from any tree of the garden we may freely eat, but from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it lest you die. And then he comes in for the kill, and he says, you shall not surely die For God knows in the day you eat of it, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God's not good. God doesn't love you. And you can't trust God. Now, that's a big one, isn't it, Debbie? That, that, hey, in your life, in your difficulties, in your marriage problems, in your uh, struggles, you can't trust God. I think that's one of the biggest uh, deceptions that I deal with when I'm counseling people, because almost every life situation (laughs) boils back down to the fact 
that they're struggling and trusting God almost every single time. That's such a um, a, a root of, of an issue, that trust element. And that that's why we have to be training ourselves in godliness and training ourselves in the truth of his word, because God is completely trustworthy. And we can always rely on him to do what is right, to do what is good, and not because he chooses to do that. That's who he is. That's his nature. That's his very character. And so um, I, I think back to, to so often people get so off track with the Lord when tragedy has come their way and they've lost a loved one and God didn't heal like they were just thinking that God was going to heal this individual and, and God chose not to do that on this earth. Um, but they can get so off track with that. And um, it, we have to always go back to, hey, God's ways are not our ways. And he, he is so far above, his thoughts are so far above our thoughts. And we have to go back to, man, if, if we don't rely on him and trust him, what do we have? You know, well, I don't, Mr. Bible here is going to know the verse, but it's where where John was saying, but Lord, if we don't come to you, where do we go? I right. mean, you have the words of life. Where do we go if we don't come to you, regardless of, right. of how we're feeling? If we don't come to you, where do we go? Yeah, that's in John 6 where... I knew you'd know. Peter said to, Jesus said to the disciples, because they were, he preached a hard sermon, lest you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you do not have life in you. And they didn't understand that the words he was speaking were spiritual words. He wasn't asking them to chew on his finger. Um, so they, they said, these are hard sayings. Who can, who can know them? Who can follow? Who can accept this? And they left him. And Jesus turned to the 12 and said, you don't want to go away too, do you? And it was Peter, I believe, who said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so in our struggles, in our difficulties, God is God. We don't understand so much of the time. The Bible says, trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It's okay to have understanding, just don't lean on it. Lean on God, lean on his word, and listen, life so much of the time and circumstances so much of the time, they're not going to match up with the word of God because we walk by faith, not by sight. And so because we walk by faith, not by sight, uh, the circumstances are going to tell us one thing, and we have to choose by faith to say, yes, but I trust God's word. Well, I think about that with Paul when he was in prison, you know, bound between these two guards, and he said, hey, I've learned to be content in all things. Now, would Paul have much rather have not been in jail, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, strapped to these two guards? Well, of, of course, he would have rather not been there. So it wasn't that he was giddy over his circumstances, but he had learned the truth that God was there with him. And as a result, even though his circumstances, he might desire to be different, he could still have contentment in his heart. He could still trust the Lord. He could still rely on God's love for him, His the peace that only God could give, the wisdom that only God could bring. He could find contentment in his circumstances. Right. And, and that's a, a great encouragement to us because what one man can do, another man can do, <laughs> right? And so, so if Paul had the capability within him to be content in all circumstances, we have the ability to do that as well. Right. So, you know, Hebrews 11, the, the hall of the faithful, uh, it's not that those guys were so much greater than us. 
It's that they just learned to trust God. And they had problems and difficulties and struggles just like we do. But the example is trust God like they did. Put your faith and trust in him. You know, another big lie. So God is not good. God does not love me. Uh, You can't trust God. God is not faithful. Um, That kind of fits all in there. And the devil will tell you God is not faithful. He's going to drop you in the grease. He doesn't have your back and he's not going to come through for you. And you better do it on your own because God is not going to do it. And he's going to laugh with sadistic glee when you stumble and fall and and crash and burn, so to speak. A great verse for that. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God, Yahweh your Elohim, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. God is a faithful God. Faithful is he who calls you, 1 Thessalonians 5. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. You can trust God because God is faithful. It's impossible for him to lie. Now, here's the thing about the promises of God. They typically almost, I I can't think of any instance uh, other than maybe a a rare few where they come with, I'm going to do this at this time. Uh, Typically, the promises of God are this is going to happen, but we don't know when. Abraham, you're going to have a son will win. He doesn't tell him when. And Abraham gets the promise when he's in his early 70s. He and Sarah don't have a a baby Isaac until he's 100 and she's 99. Uh, So God doesn't tell us when. He just tells us this is going to happen. You just trust me. Well, and I think in light of that, we just have to continually be on the alert to to pray for just discernment and just supernatural understanding and wisdom. Um, and, and we have to be grounded in the truth of the word of God so that we have ammunition wherewith to fight the enemy when he comes at us. Because if, you, if we think back to Jesus's temptation in, the, in Matthew, that's what he did. For every argument that the enemy had, which, by the way, the enemy knows the Bible. He used scripture right, right. To, to try and trip Jesus up, right? right? So he's not unfamiliar with the word of God. He uses, he can try and twist that and use that against us. But every time Jesus's response was, okay, you're saying this, but the word of God says this. Uh-huh. And so we have got to uh, get in our hearts the word so that we have weaponry <laughs> wherewith to fight off the enemy. And we have to, to, to guard ourselves and we have to arm ourselves right. so that we can fight. So, so we take every thought captive, Second Corinthians chapter 10, we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You have to put a guard over your mind. As Debbie said, we have all these thoughts that come in. The devil will throw all these thoughts. He shoots fiery darts at us. And how do we extinguish those? You put up the shield of faith. And you don't let thoughts come in your mind that are thoughts from hell, that are thoughts against the word. So we, any, any one of us and every one of us, we can put a guard over our minds like a, like a soldier that any thought that comes to the, to the forefront of our minds, we can say, halt, who goes there? And if that thought is not good and acceptable and perfect, and uh, as it says in Philippians chapter 4, 
uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is a good repute, if there's any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind think on these things. So if it's not a thought like that, we send it packing. We say, no, we're not going to listen to that. You're not coming in. Well, I have um, read a wonderful book that I use in counseling all the time, and it's a, a book by Craig Groeschel that's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And in this book, he talks about the fact that as we hear these lies over and over and over again, Satan just comes at us with them. They can cause us to have ruts in our mind of, of thought and of different thought patterns. And to um, to to deal with that, we have to purposely build a trench. A rut, if you think about it, a rut is something that just happens on a road, in your yard, whatever, just because of just continual use. You're not thinking, oh, I think I'm going to go out and I'm just going to walk pace the same pathway over and over until a rut is made. No, no, no. They just happen. But when we build a trench, it's very purposeful. And I think that is what so often we just think, okay, I need to just pray more. I need to just ask the Lord to give me strength. And those things are good. But we have to be very purposeful in building a new trench of thought in our mind that dissolves that rut of the lie that the enemy keeps coming at us with. And so we've got to search through the scripture for whatever our circumstance may be that we're dealing with and have some scripture that we can repeat over and over and over to ourselves to to purposefully with intentionality build a trench of new thought processes right so if we if we get hit with something that makes us feel insecure well, I need to combat that with the truth. I'm secure in Christ. Uh, I don't measure up. If that lie comes, see, that person's better than you. You don't measure up. Um, I got to combat that. Well, this is who I am in Christ. This is what the Lord says about me. God doesn't love you anymore. Well, this is what the Bible says. Nothing shall separate us, Romans 8, from the love of God. And so, Debbie, it's just it goes back to Jesus in the wilderness. That's how he combated the devil's lies. And so we have to have our senses trained to discern good and evil. That is so important. Well, we're talking about the lies we believe, and uh, one of the big lies is you can sin and get away with it. You can't. You right. can't. Uh, Solomon There's always said, a price tag. There is a price tag. Solomon said in at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person, for the Lord will not leave him un, uh because this applies to every person. For the Lord will uh, judge every act, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Well, we're talking uh, today about the lies we believe. We'd love in this next segment to take your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. Pastor Jeff Shreve here along with my wife, Debbie, and we'd love to hear from you. God has truth in his word, and we need to saturate ourselves in the truth so we can recognize the lies, combat the lies, and walk in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. 
Thank you for standing with us. There are some oh, horrendous things that have been taking place. Bishop E.W. Jackson. But, but, the good news is that God is still on the throne. Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tune in to The Awakening weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. He said in the world you would have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And uh, that's the way we've got to approach all this stuff. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. My wife, Debbie, is here with me. Uh, at the break, I was listening to those uh, spots, one for In His Image, uh, that great movie that deals with the subject of transgenderism. And we're talking in the program today about the lies we believe. Many people are believing the lie that you can choose your gender and uh, gender and sex are not the same thing. Biological sex are not the same thing. Uh, I just want to encourage you to uh, to get a copy of the movie in his image. Show that to your church. Pastors, if you're listening, show that to your church. We did that at First Baptist Texarkana uh, some months back. Uh, we got picketed by the LBGTQI question mark or whatever, you know. All the, all the letters. All the letters. Um, they picketed us, but that movie is so well done. It's the testimonies of changed lives, people who transitioned and then realized this is wrong and came back to the Lord and got their lives right with God. So encourage you there. And I just want to say, uh, I just love Tim Wildman and the 
people at American Family Radio, American Family Association, uh, they stand up for truth in a, in a world, in a day and age where very few are doing that. And so I appreciate the opportunity to partner with uh, American Family Association and American Family Radio and speak the truth and love to a lost and dying world. You know, Jeff, I was thinking as you were talking about the movie In His Image, um, one of the, the main lies with all of that is that God got it wrong. And, and, and if God were good, he would have made me right. He would have right. made me correct. And it, it's just so interesting to me because Satan just isn't that creative. <laughs> I mean, he's just not. So he, from the dawn of, of creation, he has really used the same lies, maybe worded a little differently right. over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And it goes back to, hey, God's not good. You can't trust him. He doesn't love you. I mean, those are just foundational lies that he may wrap up in a different package, right. but the lies the same. Right. Yeah. He, the devil puts a new coat of paint on the same old lie. Right. And uh, the, what, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, not for the, from the Father, but is from the world. And the, the world lies in the lap of the evil one. And so he's going to come. You, you can boil down temptation. It's going to come the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Well, we, are, uh, we, we can't not share the biggest lie. And the biggest lie is there are no consequences for sin. Uh, all dogs go to heaven. And when you die, you're going to go to a better place. Listen, here's what Jesus said. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, many, not a few, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not? prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles and then I will declare to them I never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness the only way a person will ever get to heaven is through repentance and faith repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and without those two things you are going to hear depart from me you who practice lawlessness I never knew you well, we're taking your calls, 1-888-589-8840, and we have Virginia on the line from Texas. Virginia, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for today. Good morning, and thank you all so very much. And, Debbie, it's so good to hear you. Oh, how sweet. And uh, my comment is about how we are tempted by things that look shiny and glittery. And, Debbie, if you're like me, if it glitters, I'm just drawn to my clothes, you know. <laughs> They're so beautiful. And I saw this vest that was black and had just gold sequins all over it. Oh, I was just mesmerized by how beautiful it was. So I tried it on, and it literally fell apart. It was so moth-eaten. And I was just devastated. I use this as an example of how Satan tempts us. That sweater had no substance whatsoever after that. It was not going to keep me warm, and neither were those sequins. So in the trash it went. 
So if we would do the same to our temptations, we would learn a lesson. Yes. For sure. Very good. That's a great illustration, Virginia. Thanks so much for calling in today, and thank you for your encouragement. We appreciate it so much. You know, another big, big lie that the devil pumps out to uh, to Christians and non-Christians both is that you two things, they kind of go hand in hand. You can sin and get away with it, which is a lie, and then when you sin, then you can never be forgiven. So he tempts you to sin. Oh, you know you want to. You know you want to. This will feel so good. This will just meet your need. This will be so great. No one will know. Yeah, nobody will know. It's our little secret. And then you do it. You eat the forbidden fruit, so to speak. And then what does he say? You can never be forgiven. I can't can't believe you just did that. I can't believe you did that. And you call yourself a Christian and you did X, whatever X was. Uh, You better never go back to church. God can never forgive you. He will never forgive you. You are booted out of the family. Forever have a a scarlet letter on your chest. Yeah, you're Hester Prynne with a scarlet A on your chest and all those things. Those are lies from the devil. 1 John 1, 9, a friend of mine, Gary Ayler, used to call that the Christian's bar of soap. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, A-L-L, unrighteousness. And so the truth is, uh, even when we sin, even when we blow it, God is the God of mercy and grace and forgiveness and compassion. And if we'll come to him and truly repent and, and confess our sins to him, he'll wash us white as snow. Well, we have Mary from Texas on the line. Mary, go ahead. You're on Real Truth for today. Mary, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Yes, go ahead. I think we need to quit listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves. Quit listening to what we have to say to ourselves and tell ourselves what we know to be true. When you quoted, I'm not disagreeing with you, but who God is, who we are as people, even after we're saved— when you talked about the virtues we need to be thinking on in Philippians, those are the virtues God has, not what we have now. We're covered in the righteousness of Christ. We think about what He is, His virtue, pure and holy, and not what we are as sinful people. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Debbie, you were going to say something? Well, I, th- I think it goes back to we have to be willing to retrain our minds and to replace the the lies that we believe with the truth and and those truths are based on who God is they're not based on who we are goodness we're but dust right. you know they're they're based on on the goodness of God on the character of God right. um on on the truth of who he is so that that's a very important foundational stone as it were let me challenge you to uh, because Mary brought up a good point we we focus on who God is it's important, really important, to have Scripture memorized in your mind that tells you who God is. And in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, I believe these are two verses every Christian should memorize. It's when the Lord revealed himself to Moses. Moses said, Lord, if I found favor in your sight, show me your glory. And the Lord said, okay, I'll show you the backside of my glory, the edges of my glory. And it says, the Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, God, compassionate and gracious, 
slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And Moses made haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. That is who God is. God is not who you want him to be. He is who he is. And we need to worship him in spirit and truth. Well, we have Melissa from Texas on the line. Melissa, are you there? Melissa, go ahead. Well, maybe we don't have Melissa on the line. Yes, I am here. Okay, there you are. Go ahead, Melissa. Hi, um, I'm calling from Texas. I just wanted to, I needed prayer for my family. We have uh, lost our, my both my parents here um, in October and December, and uh, my family is just uh, going through a tough time. We're having to, we're, we've divided um, because, you know, it's just been really hard, and everybody's just fighting, and I just need prayer to break that stronghold, uh, the spiritual warfare that's going on within my family, and to keep us together. To, we need to be together during this time. Okay. Okay, well, we can definitely pray for that. Yeah, Um, let's just pray right now, Melissa. Father, we just uh, come before you, Lord, and just ask you supernaturally by your power to just bring unity to Melissa's family. Father, that in their hurt, they wouldn't attack each other, but they would comfort one another and that they would look to you. Father, we just pray against the enemy who wants to come in and to still kill and destroy Um, in the midst of this tragedy and this heartache, and we just bind that spirit up through the powerful name of Jesus, and we just pray uh, more than anything that your, your peace would just flood that situation and that they would all be uh, looking to you and for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We know that uh, God is the God of peace, and God is the God who can do all things as we trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Well, we have Gary on the line from Mississippi. Gary, go ahead. Well, I'm just loving your program, and particularly your comments about what how God described himself in, uh, in the book of Exodus. I mean, if we remember that, and that's the Lord describing himself, I think we would be do well to that, to that. But the programming, this particular program about the lies of the, of the accuser is tremendously good. And I'd love to get a copy of this, but also I want to comment real quickly about the two ladies. One, the Virginia who commented about that sweater or whatever. Look, I was addicted to things as, as a true addiction for materialism as a believer for 48 years. And just like she said, we got to realize that that sweater <laughs> or that pamper doesn't provide the true, true peace with God that we need. And then the other lady who called in that said that, um, you know, that, oh gosh, what did she say? I can't remember what her, her thoughts that that was right before this last lady that, that your wife prayed over said something about, um, oh yeah, about we need to quit listening to the lies of, of yes. the accuser, but listen to the what the Lord says in his word to follow that. Just like you said, take every thought captive. It's all, just everything you're saying is tremendously biblical. And I actually got a degree in Greek and Hebrew, so I know what the Bible says. And what I'm saying is what you're saying is the Bible. Is the Bible pure and simple? And I love your programming. I've heard John TV. You're wonderful, and your wife's wonderful. And I just 
I listen to American Family Radio is the best. I go down there and volunteer, but that's pretty much all I want to say, sir. God, God be with you, sir. Hey, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that so much. God bless you, my brother. Uh, talking about things, you know, that's another big lie of the devil that uh, things will make you happy. If you just had fame and fortune and people sell their souls for that, they sell uh, their bodies for that. They What is that one comment we just said at this past, or two weekends ago? It's like you... You spend money you don't have to, to for impress. things you don't need to impress people you don't even really like. Right. You know, and it, it is so easy to get caught up in that. In the parable of the, <clears throat> the rich fool, Luke chapter 12, Jesus said this, Beware and be on your guard, guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions? Solomon, who had so much, said in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Uh, money is, is amoral. It's neither good nor bad. It's the love of money that's the root of all sorts of evil. And it's very easy for us to start loving money, seeking money, uh, cutting corners, compromising for money, uh, you can get, I remember remember an illustration that John MacArthur told about a, a man that was at a hotel bar. He comes up to a woman and he says to her, uh, Do you, it, it, would you sleep with me for one night if I gave you $100,000? And she looked at him and she said, well, I believe I would. He said, how about if I gave you $100? She said, what do you take me for, a common prostitute? He said, well, we've already established that. Now we're just negotiating price. Ooh, so w- what are you willing to do? How, how, are you going to sell out your integrity for, as the Bible says, filthy lucre? Are you going to sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? Uh, or are you going to stand firm in the word of God? Things won't make you happy. Well, and that goes back to what we talked about in the last segment about Paul. Paul was content. He was in jail. He didn't have a lot of stuff. Right. By any stretch, right. you know, but he was content with that. Satisfaction is not found in things. It's found in a person. His name is Jesus. And when you're right with Jesus, you can experience his love, his joy, his peace, regardless of what's going on in life, regardless of your circumstances. He gives a peace that passes understanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. If you get a chance, join me tonight at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio uh, with From His Heart Ministries. You can find out more at fromhisheart.org and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Shreve, at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. Go and make it a great day. Shine and share. We'll be with you again tomorrow.